What does it mean to connect to your future at Lake Michigan College? They connect you to your future opportunities. They partner with local industries and employers, ensuring their programs align to the needs of the community's workforce. Lake Michigan College can help you get to the future you want. Visit lakemichigancollege.edu. WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock news block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. The Michigan Department of Natural Resources has announced no invasive carp DNA was found in a September 6th resampling of the St. Joseph River. More from Ken Lundberg. Following notification that a sample taken on the St. Joe River in June contained eDNA from the invasive silver carp, the area was resampled in September. Michigan Department of Natural Resources spokesperson Joanne Foreman. 220 new samples were taken in the same stretch of the St. Joseph River and no invasive carp eDNA was detected. As for why silver carp eDNA was found in our area, Foreman says it's likely the material came from someone's boat. Any boat or gear that might have traveled in that area could have been contaminated and you know there's a lot of material that stays on boats and they move from one place to another. So we're suspecting that that was likely the cause of the original sample. Michigan law requires all boaters to remove all drain plugs from bilges, ballast tanks, and live wells before entering Michigan's waterways. That includes removing plants and debris from boat trailers as well. Ken Lundberg, WSJM News. A federal court has dismissed all claims against state defendants in three lawsuits over lead in the city of Benton Harbor's water. Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel announced today her department defended Governor Gretchen Whitmer, the Department of Environment, Great Lakes and Energy, the Department of Health and Human Services, and other state officials in the cases. The United States District Court for the Western District of Michigan ruled in their favor, which Nessel says demonstrates the city's, quote, lead contamination was neither caused nor exacerbated by the state actors. She adds once the state was aware of the issue discovered in 2018, state officials immediately acted to their best abilities to remediate the situation when they learned of elevated lead levels. The three lawsuits were Darthea Brazil versus Whitmer, Lassa Mitchell versus the City of Benton Harbor, and Dwayne Grant versus the EPA. The Berrien County Board of Commissioners does not want the state intervening in the approval or zoning of new wind and solar projects. Speaking at a meeting today, Commissioner Julie Werfel said a resolution is coming next week for commissioners to state their support for maintaining local control over zoning such developments. We felt it was necessary to bring a resolution forward. We've made, as a county, concerted efforts to instruct and to teach our local authorities, our townships, our cities, on those zoning requirements and what things they can put in place. Governor Gretchen Whitmer has proposed giving authority over large wind and solar projects to the Michigan Public Service Commission. Werfel said there's legislation to that effect being discussed in Lansing. The county's been working with township governments to help them understand best zoning practices with wind and solar projects. Werfel said the commission's resolution will be sent to state lawmakers and the governor's office once it's approved. Meanwhile, the Berrien County Board of Commissioners could soon be asked to shore up the county's contingency fund. Speaking to colleagues today, Commissioner Mamie Yarborough said the Finance Committee has noticed the fund, which is usually set at a million dollars each budget year, is almost depleted. This is September 26, 2023 balance. It's $94,790 left in the contingency fund. So if something breaks or something has to be done right away, we have the dollars to be able to take care of. And it's a good possibility we're going to need to come to you all to add more dollars to this before the end of the year. Yarborough said county departments are being asked not to make unnecessary purchases as the end of the year approaches. She said the commission could be asked to add to the fund in the coming weeks. 
The Southwest Michigan Land Conservancy has reached its pledge goal to acquire the 457-acre LaGrange Valley wetlands in Cass County. Southwest Michigan Land Conservancy Director Mike Larson tells us the property includes a huge intact wetland and is home to two species that are on the federal endangered species list. This is a very unique property. It used to be a lake until they took the dam out, and now it's a, it's a wetlands. And this aligns with our kind of our strategic focus around preserving wetlands and also protecting habitat and species, endangered species. Larson says this will be the Conservancy's largest preserve once it's acquired. Thanks to donors, it's met a $125,000 challenge from the Carls Foundation to acquire the land with another $250,000 of its own. The wetlands are located north of Cassopolis, and uh, through them flows the Dwajak and Talkie Creeks. The Southwest Michigan Land Conservancy is now planning to complete the acquisition and begin restoration efforts to rid the wetlands of invasive plants. We'll have a link to more information about the property at our website. Dr. Sherry O'Donnell of Stevensville has launched a campaign for the United States Senate. O'Donnell, a Republican, practices medicine in St. Joseph and has previously run for the U.S. House. She tells us that she is seeking to replace retiring Senator Debbie Stabenow because the state and nation are headed in the wrong direction. We asked about her top priorities. Closing our border, that has to be done immediately. That is impacting our inflation. It is impacting our election integrity and falsehood thereof. It is in bringing in disease, not only the drugs and the fentanyl and things like that, but it's bringing in disease as far as TB. We've got to close the border. O'Donnell also says she wants to reform the educational system to be more traditional. She tells us as a doctor, she's traveled all over the world to respond to emergencies. 35 missions. A lot of people in the community know that when disaster strikes, I will be there. And I think that's the other thing. Our nation is in disaster. Our country's a disaster. I will be there and represent we the people. O'Donnell was in Ukraine last year to help civilians affected by Russia's invasion, although she tells us she does not support spending taxpayer money on an unwinnable war. She says that she's also been alarmed by medical tyranny and has been seen around the country when it comes to COVID, women's health, and transgender issues. She's planning a campaign all over the state in the coming year, and you can learn more about her at DocSherry2024.com. The new Buchanan Business Incubator is set to open next month with four startups inside. Live Buchanan's Ashley Regal tells us the city acquired the former hometown video building on Days Avenue so it could be converted into a place where fledgling businesses could get off the ground. It takes businesses that are emerging or startup or in kind of the early stages and it houses those businesses in a safe environment to help them grow and thrive to eventually be hatched or kicked out of the nest so that they can thrive on their own. Regal says the city started taking applications from entrepreneurs this year, and now they're putting the finishing touches in the building for all four to operate there. We have a market space for food and retail vendors that we will take in some of the early stages, provide them classes, affordable rent, feedback on their business model, and conversations with experts to help them find success in their business and be able to hopefully be placed long-term in our community. The businesses that represent the incubator's first cohort are Taqueria Don Chepe, McBain Lane's Mercantile, Diana's Kitchen, and Goddess of the Moon Leatherworks. Regal says they'll be able to operate in the incubator for more than a year and then have to move out on their own. After that, the city will start new cohorts cohorts each March. The hope is to open the incubator to be known as the Hometown and Company Mercantile and Food Market in October. 
And set for next Saturday is the 17th annual New Buffalo Harvest and Wine Fest. The New Buffalo Business Association's Elisha Tyler tells us they hold the event each year to give the community a fun fall festival and to raise funds. It's a wonderful event. It's actually a fundraiser and helps promote all the activities that we do throughout the year. Whitaker Street will be closed to traffic so everyone can walk around the area. Taylor says they'll have vendors for shopping, food trucks, activities for the kids, live bands, and of course the wine and beer tent. She says a few thousand people always come out. New Buffalo has a, quite a large amount of tourists that come out, so you have a good mix of locals, second homeowners, visitors to the area, and then we have our huge and most important, the wine-tasting tent with local wineries, local beer. Taylor says it's $10 to get in. The New Buffalo Harvest and Wine Fest will be next Saturday from noon to 9 p.m. Everyone's invited. WSJM News now continues with your Bloomberg report. WSJM News and now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture into Wajak, where furniture shopping is fun. House Republicans today launched an impeachment inquiry hearing against President Biden. Among the allegations are that the president personally profited from his family's foreign business dealings. More from ABC's Catherine Falders on Capitol Hill. Republicans haven't presented any new evidence, any direct link between any of these business dealings and President Biden. That is something, obviously, that, that we have heard most about from Democrats on this committee that have called this all political. But it was striking to see two of Republicans' witnesses here today essentially say that they didn't believe that the evidence that they've seen so far would merit any articles of impeachment. There was testimony from outside experts in tax law, criminal investigations, and constitutional legal theory. It's a high-stakes opening act for Republicans as they try to link the business dealings of Biden's son, Hunter, to the president. So far, they've had no hard evidence of wrongdoing by the president. It comes just before a potential government shutdown. Oversight Chair James Comer says they want to provide accountability to Americans. But Democrats argue Donald Trump, who is Biden's chief rival in 2024, is egging them on with no evidence of Biden wrongdoing. Army Private Travis King is back in the U.S. after weeks in North Korean custody after he voluntarily crossed the border. King arrived overnight after a release brokered by China and Sweden. Mork maybe sees a Martha Raditz. Army Private Travis King back on U.S. soil in San Antonio. King's release had been secretly facilitated by Sweden and China. North Korea expelling King Monday after saying he was illegally intruding into their territory. Swedish officials then driving King from North Korea across the border to China, where he was met by the U.S. ambassador to China. Then boarding a U.S. military aircraft, making a quick stop in South Korea, and then flying straight to Texas. King's troubles are not over. He's still in a whole lot of trouble with the U.S. Army. New Jersey Senator Robert Menendez is expected to address his Democratic Senate colleagues for the first time since he was indicted on federal bribery charges last week. Menendez was scheduled to speak to colleagues today in a closed-door party lunch at the Capitol. More than half of Senate Democrats have said Menendez should step down. But Menendez has so far signaled he has no plans to do so. He's taken a defiant tone in speeches in a press conference in recent days, even as his Democratic colleagues in New Jersey and Washington have abandoned him since his indictment. A government shutdown is looming with the deadline to pass a spending bill to keep the government running into just two days away. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy has rejected a bipartisan deal from the Senate. ABC's Karen Travers has more from President Biden. During 
biggest fundraisers in California Wednesday night, President Biden slammed House Republicans, including Speaker Kevin McCarthy, on the issue of government funding, saying it is one of the, quote, most basic responsibilities of the Congress, and that it's time for Republicans in the House to, quote, stand up and do their job. McCarthy, under immense pressure from hardline conservatives, rejected a bipartisan deal from the Senate. President Biden telling Democratic donors Wednesday that a shutdown would be, quote, disastrous, and accused Speaker McCarthy of putting his own political future ahead of the country, the president saying, quote, the speaker is making a choice between the speakership and American interest. Karen Travers, ABC News, Washington. And there's now a date on the calendar for the expected announcement from failed Arizona gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake to say she's running for the Senate. More if maybe she's Alex Stone. Carrie Lake's campaign says she'll make an announcement about her future at a rally on October 10th. She's widely expected to announce she's running for the U.S. Senate. But her announcement of the announcement had a bit of a hiccup. The email blast to reporters had the wrong subject line that instead read Carrie Lake's statement on Joe Biden visiting Arizona. Then 13 minutes later, her campaign resent the announcement with the correct subject line. Her campaign says it's time for Arizona to have a true conservative fighter in the Senate. Lake lost her campaign for governor and her court challenges that followed. Alex Stone, EBC News.